It was the tail end of March, and the Rock Hotel on Muir was booked absolutely solid. The visitors had got lucky, too. The end of the Atlantic storms had brought snow and ice well into the third month of the year, but for the last week, the sun had shone bright every day. As long as you had a decent coat and some stout shoes, the hotel would of course lend you some Wellingtons. The island looked glorious. The sand on the endless beach was so pale it was practically white, the water lapping turquoise and clear, the sky huge and blue as a child's painting. The little brightly painted houses lopsidedly leaning against each other in the harbour were jolly and gay, and the fishing boats were freshly painted and eager to take to the waves. It is absolutely sodding freezing, said Flora, stepping out into the bright sunshine, going round to check the gardens around the back of the house where the daffodils were in full bloom. Her fiancé Joel, on the other end of the phone, let out a barking laugh. It's because you heat that hotel so much you've got soft. Flora sighed. This was almost certainly true. In the Mackenzie farmhouse where she'd grown up, the windows were single-paned and drafty, and you had to hurtle to the damped-down peat kitchen fire every morning, your feet freezing on the icy stone to stir it up again, then heat your chilled fingers around a warm, strong cup of tea. The rock, on the other hand, a huge old grey stone building, had been converted into a hotel by a rich Texan who couldn't bear discomfort of any kind. The traditional-style windows were triple-glazed, a heat pump had been installed, giving out vast amounts of cheap energy, and every bathroom had underfloor heating. There were thick rugs and cosy blankets everywhere, as well as deep carpets in the library and sitting rooms. Colton, Flora's brother Finton's late husband, had basically compared living at the very northern tip of the British Isles to living in a ski resort and built accordingly. Except, as a newcomer to Scotland, he had gone for what he thought would be a design to blend in with the locals, and as a result, there was tartan carpet of deep greens and blues and stag's heads everywhere. At first, Flora had thought it was naff and ridiculous. Now, she rather loved it. It reminded her of Colton every time she strolled the long corridors or opened the door to the restaurant, then quickly shut it again if Gaspar, the temperamental chef, was shouting at someone in the kitchen. She found her way round to the side of the hotel, which faced the water. There was a little dock there, and many people arrived by boat. The gardens by the wall hosted a sun trap the wind could not reach, and they had benches for people to sit and watch the big boats go by in the distance on their long journeys up and over to the fjords. In the direct sun, it was incredibly pleasant. She sat down for two seconds' break from the endless demands of running a hotel in a cafe. Nobody could see her from here, but it wasn't hiding exactly and she continued her conversation with Joel. How's it going? Joel sighed in a way that indicated he didn't think he'd be back soon. He administered Colton's trust fund, 
which had contributed to the development of a global vaccination program. It had made him busier than they had ever thought possible, particularly after he'd moved to Muir for a quiet life. That well, said Flora, glancing at her watch. It was 6am where he was in Mexico City. Ah, it is going well, said Joel. This is a problem. They think it might be down to me. Because it is, said Flora. Joel was the best and smartest man she'd ever met in her opinion. The rest of the world catching up to this fact didn't surprise her in the slightest. Joel harumphed. I think several thousands of actual scientists might have something to say about that. Anyway, I am desperate to get home.